obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is. This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. Well, my experiment worked. (laughs) My experiment I'm referring to is the experiment that I spoke about in one of the subscriber-only episodes on sex and seasonality. But my experiment was that I joined my my youths this year much earlier, six weeks earlier. And uh, what do you know? I had lambs six weeks earlier. In fact, so much so that most of, it's not even August yet, and most of my lambs are on the ground. That includes quite a few maidens as well. So, like, it sounds all brilliant, doesn't it? Um, Not without its challenges. So, well, what what would Jill do but share with you warts and all, highlights and lowlights and everything in between from lambing 2023. I have a smaller flock at the moment. I did sell quite a lot of pregnant ewes. So I have a bit of a smaller flock, which has been good, Uh, but it's uh, still had some interesting things. Um, My pregnancy scanning results weren't that great in terms of accuracy. For example, we had a set of triplets that uh, were were on the scans and um, quite a few singles scans that were twins and twins scans that were singles. Hopefully, I haven't seen any dry use. I don't have very many left anyway. Um, actually, I think don't think I have any left now. Um, but I did. Uh, I did like call a few use that scanned dry, and I mean, like I don't know. Hopefully, I didn't um, chuck them out for no good reason, just based on uh, on scanning results. And I mean, I don't know what to say to you, what advice to give you, um, but maybe. Well, ask around if you're going to get your use um, pregnancy scanned. Maybe just do your due diligence and ask around. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's a really hard task to do, hard job to do. I believe in terms of um, what they can see. Looking, they look for skulls when they pregnancy scan and tell you whether there's one skull, two skulls, three skulls, or whatever, or no skulls in there. Um, and I had a look and yeah, it looked like there were, you know, X amount of skulls in each U, um, the ones I looked at, but anyway, so the pregnancy scanning results were completely not what I was expecting. Um, so anyway, there you go. But, um, I, if you, if you did listen to the premium, the subscriber content, um, extra content episode, uh, I talked about using a Ram and putting him in with my use in January I uh, just chose like 11 ewes, 11 ewes that I know lamb early or have 
an early lambing gene. So they were born as a really early animal, a really early you. And it worked. It like magically worked. Like we started lambing on the 24th of June. I'll just say that again. 24th of June. I never had any lambs on the ground here before the, I don't know, 18th of July before ever. Um, so that's kind of significant for me. And even those 18th of July, it was the odd one. And then there was nothing till sort of late July. And then most of my lambs typically came in the first two weeks of August, maybe at last year, quite a few in the last few weeks of July, um, as well. So it's beginning earlier, maybe, maybe it's just, I don't know, something else is happening in the world, but, um, and it has been an incredibly, well, right now it's been incredibly warm winter for us. We had a few frosts, but it's just beautiful lambing weather. So maybe they just decided to lamb, just arrive early. I don't know. I don't think sheep are very much like that. But anyway, let me tell you um, some of the trials and tribulations that I had and what I used and different strategies and the whole thing. Um, so um, the the first, probably the first three weeks of lambing, it's kind of like a bliss you just turn around. Oh, look, there's twins. Oh, look, they're fine. Great. And it just went on and on like that. I did have a few, there was a few of the older ewes that, that uh, dropped first and they had a few other issues. So I did have to uh, intervene with a little bit of uh, vitamin C uh, and uh, I think maybe antibiotics maybe once on on a couple of those older years, vitamin C did the trick. Like it's just amazing. Those you see those those um, lambs now. They're they're coming. They're like over a month old, um, and they're they're quite big. Um, I had to give colostrum to a few as well. I had some cow colostrum and was able to give them a couple of maybe just a dose or two of cow colostrum. I had a couple that I was bottle bottle feeding, but actually I've never. Of the ones I'm bottle feeding, I'd left them with the the mob and it's turned out to be a really good strategy. So it's kind of like, I don't know, some sort of a lamb daycare where the lamb just wants to be with the other lambs and the other sheep. And they just kind of, I don't know, survive. I'm checking on them and I have them marked. So I'm watching them and I go up there with a bottle and give them a little bit extra. But most of the time they're doing really, really well. Yeah, really, really well. I had a couple of stillborns. Um, so maybe two stillborns and then follow up with the, that they were with singles and then a follow up stillborn with a, a twin. Um, weight wise, again, like the, the early, um, early ones, I think I had to assist one um, that was a little bit big. And yeah, that was right. I had to assist one where there was a foot back and in this particular one, uh, the, one of the, f the first lamb died, I was able to get the second lamb out, but the ewe, and I never had this before, had a retained placenta, never had that before. So I read my article that I wrote, I wrote an article on retained placenta for a sheep magazine that I write. And I read that article. I thought, that's pretty interesting, Jill. That's very helpful. Um, and then I had this drench, this mineral drench that I made up and gave that to her. It's a purgative drench. So basically it just cleaned her out, like fully cleaned her out, which was a bit smelly because um, it like, cleans her out everywhere, I think. 
but I also called the vet because I just wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing. I called the vet and they said to me, do you have any antibiotics? Is it smelly? I said, yes, it's getting a bit smelly down the back because you could see her placenta was still hanging out. And they said, give her some antibiotics. She probably has an infection. And then really interesting, very not what I had in my article. This vet said after five days of the placenta basically hanging there, we stood around like you're wringing out a cloth and it should come out. And I did that. I tried it and it wouldn't come out and I just left it. And then next time I tried it, it just came out. Now, again, I don't know whether it was the antibiotics. I don't know whether it was just time, whether it was the purgative drench or whether it was just doing what the vet said. But anyway, it worked and she's fine. But I've never retained placenta before. And as I researched it, um, it's likely when there is lambing dystocia and this particular one, obviously we lost a lamb with her and there was a foot bent back, I think, um, in that uh, in that particular lamb. So um, what else did I have? Uh, some one lamb, one ewe with head issues where the head was bent back. And what I was finding recently, really interesting, is the first lamb, these are with twins mostly that I'm having to intervene with in the early days. The first lamb was presenting fine. The second lamb was the lamb with the issue. Yeah, so you get a bit complacent, I think, when you get the first lamb out and you think, oh, yeah, she'll be fine now. Always go check. Always go check. Um, always go check. Um, and, yeah, and then it kind of went on. It was really kind of uneventful lambing for a long time. Like, I didn't even have my gloves out or anything. Um, and I was thinking, oh, this is just so easy, you know. And then very quickly I was able to move first mob up to – uh, sort of just an open bay shed area at night uh, and then put them out on a paddock and they've been out in a paddock you know just going about their business and um yeah I've been really trying to just manage keeping them outdoors as much as I possibly can um and only the ones that I need to like the retained placenta when she was in a pen for example that sort of thing so so doing that so trying to move them out and then it continued all unassisted. Um, and then <laughs> everything changed. As the time went on into sort of late July, then we started to have uh, a few issues. So um, I found it culminated with this is so weird. But I wasn't giving them all that much additional feed, just a little bit, but they were on really good grass and they were in really good condition and really good nick. But there, there was a lot of food on offer for them. Um, and then we started to have uh, a few issues. Um, big. Then we had some big lambs, big maiden lambs. Um, so big, you, big lambs from maiden ewes. Now, when I say big Listen, we're talking six kilos, 6.3 even. I assisted one the other night, 6.3 kilos live birth weight, um, 5.9. And funny enough, like the 6.3 is a girl, generally the boys and some of them. Like I had another one here that had a six kilo boy, a maid and you, um, but really fine. Just popped it out. Um, I had another one born this morning, just fine, big. Big lamb, but the ewe was quite big and quite quite um, developed. Um, we also had, I mentioned the triplets. We also had triplets. Now, this was probably one of our most challenging um, ones. 
That and the big sing- singles. And in both instances, with the triplets and the big sing- singles, we used a, and I say we because Brian, my nephew, is so good. He's back here in, in Australia with us again for Lamy. He brought a friend with him. So it's been very, very useful, particularly when I need to grab sheep, and, you know, run them down and chase them down in a paddock. When you've got more than one person, it's so much easier Especially a young one. He's like, they're both 18, so they're very fit and healthy and nimble, not like old bones here. Another good thing about having someone else is it's just, you can just tag team. So I get in and do a bit. Sarah gets in and does a bit. Brian gets in and does a bit. So we're all gloved up. We're all ready to go. And we can just take the pressure off. And that's been so, so good. Um, With the big singles, we've definitely found that this technique of, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but you've got the legs out. The head is the problem. Uh, two fingers in the rectum, in the bum of the U. So you can actually get almost get your fingers behind the head, but your fingers aren't in her vagina. Yes, yeah, so they're not in the way. They're not taking up the space. And then try and pop the head out. Now it's it's not easy on the hands um, and on the fingers. In you know, in terms of you know, be moderate sort of strength hands but if you had stronger hands like Brian's able to do it really easily he's got stronger hands than me so stuff like that just little tricks like that and again and I know mentioned just before on, on on other podcasts lying them down standing them up this sort of thing so just change the position um really really helps really helps so um with the triplets oh my goodness I uh, I went out there last it would have been last Saturday night and uh, found this you who I had been keeping an eye on and was able to grab her on my own because another you had just lambed and this you with triplets that I didn't know had triplets. She was very interested, of course, in the fresh lamb and I was just able to grab her and wrestle her and get her down to the ground and then realized, whoa, what is going on in here? And I could just feel legs everywhere. When I say legs everywhere... Like I could feel four legs and then another two legs. I didn't know, as I said, didn't know she was scanned with triplets, but she has had triplets before. So wasn't all that surprised. And she was quite big as well. Um, kind of, you know, it kind of, uh, what's that? Um, like a plane, um, like a little plane hanger, whatever that sort of shed that they put a plane in. Sorry. You know what I mean? That sort of a shed. And, uh, so it wasn't wasn't surprised at all, but these six legs coming at you at once, and then you start to feel all these heads in there, and you're like, oh wow. Um, so I had to go, no luck. Um, and she was getting tired as well, and and also wanting to run away from me and all sorts of crazy things. So I left her and I thought she's probably not gonna go far anyway. Went and got some uh with the guys. Of course, that Saturday night they were all nicely, nicely relaxed inside. But got them out and um, that was, we were able to tag team. What we found was that the lamb, the first lamb, was coming with the his, I think it was a he, his front feet and back feet and head at the same time. So I'll say that again. His front feet were coming and his head and his back feet. So he was kind of in a C shape with his front and back feet coming through. And then, of course, the other lamb behind him, that's the legs and the other head I could feel, was trying to come too, like, you know, trying to push out too. So 
Oh, it was such an ordeal and it was really challenging. Um, and we definitely stripped off some layers. I think it was like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. It was so, so, um, physical and so much adrenaline, you know, it was just all of those things. And anyway, I, I know that between the two of us, Brian and I, we were able to sort of get that lamb, that first lamb out. Um, and again, the fingers in the the bum uh, trick did the did the did the work. Once we were able to pop out that head, we were able to pull the head and the front front legs, and then the back legs sort of flicked back. Um, I think that lamb was dead though. Yeah, that lamb was dead anyway. And then there's two alive, which we got out. Um, subsequently, though, one died afterwards. I don't quite know why. We yeah. Yeah, and I only had one other sick lamb who died of some sort of neurological, that stargazing neurological thing afterwards, and again rejected by the U. So it's you know it's kind of been quiet. Haven't had. I tried to foster a couple of little ones. Um, no luck with fostering this year. Last night I had another, or yesterday with with Brooklyn. I was uh, she was here helping me, and we had another one, which I knew there was something not quite right. Uh, it didn't look like her waters had broken and actually they hadn't, but she was definitely pawing and sitting and a string hanging from her. And anyway, we got our intervened Brooklyn broke her waters, which wasn't expected. And then I pulled out, um, the first lamb and I thought, Oh geez, a lot of blood. And the lamb had a hole in its belly around its umbilical cord. Like it was just really bloody. And I didn't, it looked like you could put your finger in there. I didn't, but it looked like you could, but it was alive. Um, that particular lamb, but I kind of thought that's not going to last very long. It's got a big hole in its stomach. And then I pulled out the second lamb and it was weird. The body, the head, a little bit small. Um, oh, when I was pulling it out, it's, uh, it's like toenails came off. It was really weird. So the little um, caps on its hoofs came off in my hand and I pulled them up like, this? what's happening, this lamb? Very, very strange. And then that lamb came out and it was like its body was just like a stick of water and it wasn't fully pelted. It didn't have a full kind of coat. Very, very strange. Very strange. I I'm, I, um, I must research it. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it was very strange uh, and, of course, dead. And then that other you or the other lamb that had that been born with a hole in the belly, it's, it had a little seizure and then died, and then the used afterbirth was really strange. It wasn't like a normal afterbirth. It was just not strange. It was strange. So anyway, uh, calling time for that particular you, um, and who knows? I'll do some more research and let you know if I found anything about that sort of um, that sort of caper. Um, and then the only challenge I'm having right now with the last couple of ewes that I've got is that the majority of them are uh, 18 left, I think, and the majority of them are maidens. Supposedly Scandin lamb with twins. Who knows? Uh, but I'm really concerned that they're going to get too big, and particularly if they are actually singles now, which is what seems to be the case, um, just trying to manage them. So I am I feel awful, but, like, I'm only trying to really ration their feed, um, which, anyway, it's just... Mm, one of those things. So um, I've made a few decisions uh, about next year, what I'm going to do differently. Um, because of these problems with the maidens, the dry maidens, the maidens with singles, 
um, and big signals, singles for the maidens. I'm going to uh, in normally I would uh, do three lots of line breeding with my my breeding program. So three different rams with three different families of ewes, all with similar bloodlines. If that makes sense. So three different. So one ram with one bloodline, and all the ewes that are with him have similar bloodlines. I'm not going to do that next year. I am going to choose one of my older rams and I'm going to run him with, because I will have probably 50, 60 maiden ewes that I will join next year in February. And I really want to um, get a higher percentage of twins with those maiden news and I really want to get a higher scanning percentage with those maiden news if I scan again that is uh so really wanting to try and increase the success with maiden news the ones that I mean listen they're amazing mothers I've had nothing that even looked well one ran away from a lamb after we and here's a little trick for you too we had one you that was a bit traumatized after we pulled her lamb big lamb again and uh, she was traumatized. Uh, she had a 5.5 kilo boy. And uh, she's a little bit kind of, wouldn't be the tamest of, of maiden news that I've got. She wasn't born here. And we thought she, we lambed her. We were holding on to her. She was sort of starting to lick the lamb. No, no noises or anything towards the lamb. And then we thought, oh, yeah, she's okay. We can let go of her. Let go of her. She ran. She bolted. And we're like, oh, no. Uh, and then anyway, we got her. We corralled her a little bit back. Um, and couldn't, thank goodness the lamb was actually in, in the real corner of the paddock, or a little corner kind of area. So we were able to get her back around. And then she was able to sort of, I suppose, reunite with the lamb herself. Um, one of the little tricks I saw Brian use was, any of the sort of slime that comes from the ewe, if the ewe is slow to lick, feed her some of that. He was like pushing it down her throat, giving it to her in her mouth. And, you know, it's quite amazing. Just a little trick to just get her to sort of think, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm supposed to lick this lamb. But I can tell you, maiden ewes, oh, every, every, everything. I mean, as I said, the mothering has been so, so good, quite amazing. So I'm really happy with that. But, you know, their, 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 their body is not quite ready in my experience anyway, to, um, to choose a lamb and it's the first time and yeah, they're, um, they just, they, they just, they're small. Yeah. Their, their, their cervix particularly is, isn't uh, as sort of flexible and used to it as a, as an older, as an older you. So it sort of goes back to that cast rage conversation we had, we had a while ago. So yeah, big changes next year. Just do line breeding with two older mobs, all the maidens, all together with one ram. If I can cap that to about 50 maidens, that would be really good. 50, 55 maidens and one older ram, smaller paddock. Um, and uh, I maybe might run the teaser ram with them. I might use the other two rams with the older mobs first. Teaser ram extra two weeks with the maidens. So then I know no maidens this till this particular date. I still think I'll join early next year. I like this July lambing. I really do. Um, it suits me. 
Yeah. So yeah, interested. I I know I've talked to quite a few other people that they're not they're not um haven't started lambing yet. Um because you know, who cares when you choose to lamb? It's your business really. Um, I just thought, yeah, why not try it? Well, let's just see if I can get lambs on the ground in Gippsland in June. And I did. I I did. I wow, I just couldn't quite couldn't quite believe it. Um, let me see how many lambs were born in June in Gippsland, which is very unusual. Let me give you some numbers. So I had 10 lambs from five ewes in June. And then I'm just noticing here, looking at my dates, I actually had a week where there was nothing, which, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And even though there were ewes that were in that early lambing mob, maybe June is a little bit too early for me. <laughs> Even though I did have some, um, but yeah, we really got going. Yeah, really got going around the the ninth, even the seventh of July was busy. Yeah. Anyway, it was really interesting. I just thought I'd share that with you. All the little trials and tribulations so far of lambing. Um, probably the. Must-haves for me this year, again, were iodine for the navels and for the ear tags. Um, the long gloves, I'm trying the ones that go over the head. Cool, I love them. Long gloves, and then I'm using a food handler kind of white um, glove uh, to go over that glove. Love it. I love that sort of double gloving business. Um, Pull-ups. <laughs> Loving the pull-ups so my trousers and jeans don't get wrecked, um, particularly at nighttime when it's wet. We've had some really good weather, though, so I'm a bit complacent with the pull-ups. Vitamin C and then antibiotics on hand. And I also topped up on um, some needles for antibiotics. A few towels. I used quite a few towels as well, and some of them got recycled. Some of them didn't. Um, I chucked one off today in our graveyard with those dead lambs that I mentioned a few minutes ago. So some of them just go to get sort of composted, um, don't get used again. Um, and I used for the, yeah, for the, the, the you that um, I gave the purgative drench to, I gave her some of the Berg oil, B-E-R-G. So any you that had sort of stomach upsets, Berg oil, but then I stopped, sometimes that was because of grain and I stopped using grain anyway. So just using Lucerne to, to when they're in pens or um, a little, little sort of nighttime treat and nighttime feed and things like that. So lots and lots of Lucerne. And I find that much, much better, to be honest. I have much fewer issues, much few, less, much less mastitis with using the, um, the Lucerne than doing grain. So it's just been really, really good for, in my experience, really good grass and lucerne. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. So those are uh, some of the absolute must-haves and in your kit. Um, bottles, of course, a bit of colostrum. Thank you for the neighbors for the colostrum and um, some having some prophylax shepherd on hand for the milking as well for giving a little top up. I've been yogurtizing the milk as well. So I ended up having to buy some yogurt. That was probably something I needed to be get have at the ready because it lasts so long. Have yogurt in the fridge so I can move to yogurtized milk much quicker. Mm, so, so there you go. If you haven't started lambing, good luck. Enjoy it. I know you miss out on sleep and the stress levels go up, but you know 
It's good. It's, uh, I, I really always remember Andrew, my brother, saying to me, you look forward to lambing starting. You look forward to lambing finishing. And I can tell you, I am looking forward to it finishing. Hopefully, the next week. Chat to you for listening to this episode of the Sheep Show podcast. Would you like some more hands-on farming experience? Here at Holston Valley Farm, we run personal on-farm practical education where you learn to farm with us. Interested? Get in touch via the Contact Us page at www.holstonvalleyfarm.com and let's explore how we can help you achieve more with your sheep. How's your sheep journey going? Contact me via Instagram at Holston Valley Farm or via email jill at holstonvalleyfarm.com.au. And until next time, sheep well. <laughs>